for joining me for this edition of Spirit Stories of the Spiritual AF Life Podcast. So happy that you are here because I have a treat in store for you because I am going to be sharing the full story today of how I grew up with a sorcerer. So you might have heard that I grew up with a stepdad who was a sorcerer and he was an Odinist and all these things. So I'm going to be breaking down some of the craziest stories that I have in my life with him. However, before we get started, I just want you to know that this Sunday, Coffee and Cards is on Zoom. So if you haven't joined me for Coffee and Cards, it's when we get together with our cup of joe in the morning and I do card readings. However, on Zoom, you are welcome to bring your own cards and we can just play around with it and give each other readings or give each other readings for the week. It's always just a lot of fun. We have a really cute and close-knit community. If you are not comfortable with being on Zoom, don't worry. It's still going to be streamed in the Rise Into Your Power group on Facebook. However, I am bringing this up today because we are going to be kicking off the self-care for empaths theme for the month of June that is going to be happening into the Rise Into Your Power group. So we're going to be kicking it off with that little coffee and cards party on Zoom. And then what's going to happen starting on Monday is if you sign up and it's totally free, 100% free, each week you're going to be getting something really cool in your inbox. So they range from printable card decks, ones that you have not had yet. So even if you join the Spiritual AF Life podcast. These are totally different card decks, uh, card deck that you will have, and also ebooks and journals and stuff like that. This stuff is going to help you as an empath. It is going to help you with your mind, body, and spirit. It is going to be a lot of fun. You are going to, you know, have a sense of community and other like-minded sensitives with you, and I'm so happy about this. So, Definitely show up on Coffee and Cards on Sunday if you can. The links are in the show notes, or you can go over to the Rise Into Your Power group on Facebook and check it out. All right, now, the moment that you've been waiting for. On Wednesday, I posted a podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you definitely have to go back and re-listen to it because my husband came on and he was a guest. And basically what it was was that I thought it'd be fun in the midst of all the Johnny Depp and the Amber Heard trials to, you know, put my husband on the stand as one who manifests bad things. So now... I asked the jurors, which were you, to vote on whether you believe that he is guilty or not guilty. I was actually surprised by the response. And for a little while there, I'm going to be honest with you, it was kind of neck and neck. And it kind of seemed like it was like 50-50, you know. And then um, today when I did the last counts, it actually went up quite a few points and he was found guilty. Guilty, 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 guilty. I'm not sure what his punishment's going to be, but um, I will definitely keep you updated with that. Definitely probably in the Rise Into Your Power group. So I just want to thank everyone who voted. Your vote mattered. <laughs> All right. So enough with the announcements. Let's get into today's story. Alrighty. So 
I had other stepdads and my mom had other boyfriends and things like that. But it was this particular person that I call my stepdad. Um, he was one of the many stepdads, but he was the one that stayed around the longest. And he was the one that considered himself a sorcerer. And as I start to think back about the memories, more and more memories come up. And before I even realized that he was a sorcerer, I remember that he would walk around our neighborhood and he was totally smitten with our mom. And he would walk around the neighborhood in this black cloak and the cloak would have a hood and he walked with a cane even though he didn't need the cane. The cane was actually a secret sword. And he would actually come by when we we're playing in the yard and things like that and, you know, ask about our mom and stuff. And he would pull out the sword and his cane. And it was like so scary and so surreal as a kid. And my mom was like, don't you talk to him. Don't you talk to him. It's really funny because she ended up marrying him and they were married for like a long time, at least 15, 20 years. I don't even know. They were married for a while. And it was really funny though is because he would often come by our house when we weren't even there and he would um, throw an ace of spades and we would find ace of spades somewhere in our on our porch and the door and the window and stuff like that and we're like, oh my gosh, she was here. So it was really crazy to us when our mom decided to marry him, <laughs> you know, because we were like, what in the world? You know, This is a guy we were supposed to hang around and all of a sudden, you know what I mean? He's my stepdad. But I tell you what. Um, it was so much fun having him as a stepdad. And I'm going to tell you some of those stories. So he considered him a, himself a sorcerer. Now, today's meanings might have different meanings than they were back then. And also the stereotypical, the Webster Dictionary and things like that, they might have a different definition from what I learned. But when I was with him and I was learning magic and things like that underneath him, this is the explanation that I remember him giving me. So this might not be the textbook stuff, but this is what I lived with, the definitions and the meanings that I remembered. So he was talking about how sorcerers are different from like Wiccans, you know what I mean? And witches. He always taught me that witches use a lot of the earth, right? So witches, you know, will do spells using, you know, earth, earthly things, whether it's like herbs and even crystals that come from the earth. And then he told me that sorcerers use most of the magic spells. They use emotions with it. And then he told me that there was two different types of sorcerers. You know, the names of them are escaping me right now, but one of them was basically good and one of them was bad. Because because when I really started to dive into the magic with him, what ended up happening was I would find things that weren't jiving with what he said, but then I trusted what he was saying because we lived our life in this. It was not that we were just like reading a book or two or we thought it was fun. It was like, no, it was like, this was his religion. So his religion was Odinist. Now, I know there's like a whole bunch of movies out there about Thor and Odin and all that jazz. I have not watched any of them, so I don't know if they're accurate from what my stepdad told me and what we lived according to his religion. Like, we didn't have like a, a Santa Claus or a star on the top of our tree. We had an Odin on top of our tree. We had like um, the lightning dagger of Thor. So it's kind of funny that Thor is known as the hammer, but it was so funny because back then, you know, I associated Thor, um, which is one of Odin's um, sons. Um, with the lightning bolt dagger. So it's really funny how all this stuff is playing out now in like movie theaters, but that's not how I grew up. So anyways, he was an Odinist and, you know, if you, Odin is like the main god, if you will. He's almost like very similar 
in other ways to um, Zeus is, and then also like with Buddha. So, for example, Buddha sat underneath the Bodhi tree, you know, to gain enlightenment. Um, and what Odin did is that he hung upside down from the tree in order to be enlightened with the runes, you know. And so we know about runes, and um, I'm thinking about offering um, rune readings. So just let me know because that is one thing that has always stuck with me during the fun times that I had with my stepdad and things like that was I can still read, write, and also read runes. You know, I taught like a class recently on runes and I was like, man, I got to brush up a little bit, but I can still write them and I can still read them. So that was really a lot of fun um, growing up. And I do have to say though too, like, like I said again, I want to say again, is that the terms that I use is going to be really different. And I just want to give you a really good example because growing up with him, I was a very much um, immersed in the um, paranormal crazy world, right? And before I forget, like my stepdad actually opened up a paranormal investigation business later on after I moved out. And um, he ended up being in the newspaper and everything else like that. It was like really, really crazy because I was an adult now. And then here comes like my stepdad and my mom and they're driving around with this big giant like placard or magnet if you want to say on the side of the card saying you know paranormal investigations it was so funny but anyways the example that I want to give you is the Winchester house so the Winchester mystery house in San Jose California you might have seen the movie okay and the movie is completely like 180% different from what I learned about Sarah and the Winchester house growing up and now I'm talking about I learned about this stuff in the 90s and so it wasn't like internet was everywhere like we could learn about everything but I just want to let you know like back in the 90s the Winchester house was associated with ghosts, right? It was associated with a woman being paranoid um, about all the ghosts that were in her house and catching up with her. So if you don't know that house, I've actually been there. It's so freaking cool. I love that house. It's To me, it doesn't really feel haunted, even though I did feel Sarah there. And get this, when I was there, I actually seen a little boy ghost run into one of the rooms. And I made sure I didn't watch any paranormal investigation stories uh, before I went. Because I didn't want to, dis you know, disdain anything that I was getting. But I watched one of the paranormal shows afterwards. And guess what? They had also seen a little boy in that same room. Just saying. Kind of weird, right? But other than that, um, it was, it doesn't feel haunted to me at all. It, You know, most areas did not feel haunted. There's some, some areas of the house that had a little bit of weird energy. But, you know, some rooms you could only get to through, you know, um, going inside of cupboards. You know, you have um, staircases that literally lead to nowhere. You have closets that open up that are only one inch thick, right? It's really insane. Then you also have doors leading to nowhere. There's one door in the house where you, um, <laughs> it's like a window, if you will. It looks like a door, but it's technically a window. And if you would step out of it, you would land on the stove inside of the kitchen. It's so crazy. Then, of course, there's the one that a lot of people know, which is the door that leads to outside, and it's, like, um, two stories up in the air. So you would literally just open up the door and just fall, like, and break your bones, maybe even die. I don't know. So... The reason why I'm bringing this up is because the movie associated it a lot with guns, 
right? That, oh, it's the people who have died from the Winchester rifle and they're coming back to haunt her and things like that. And that's not anything at all. Like not even a little bit. When I heard that, I was like, what are you talking about? The thing is that Sarah's this is going into another story. So I hope you don't mind. That's a little um, segue, right? So Sarah had lost her husband and also lost her, I believe it was her daughter. So her child, right? And very young as well. And she was completely devastated. And that's why I feel like she moved over um, into San Jose from where she was. And she just was always trying to contact them. And because of this, she would have a lot of paranormal things and th stuff like that. And then I was taught that she just kept on building onto the house to confuse the ghosts. So anyways, I bring that up just because nowadays when we have different movies coming out and stuff like that, you know, I mean, who knows? It could have been a part of history that I didn't learn. But also, I'm just showing you it was a different world back then and the things that I've learned and was taught might be different from what is going on now or what certain things are associated with. We might associate them with different things now as opposed to back then there was no association, okay? So I just kind of want to make the disclaimer as I go forward, okay? So yes, um, he was definitely a sorcerer and things like that. And couple of things like about our house I already kind of um, explained a little bit like we would have Odin on the Christmas tree we would have those daggers and things like that and then we had um, a magic room and that's literally what we called it we called it the magic room and inside the magic room you are going to find when you walked in to the right it kind of feels like a little bit bigger than a closet that's how big this room was so over to the right you're going to find shelves and on these shelves had different kinds of potions and things like that and that's what we call them was potions and I was kind of confused too because they had like dove's blood on there and things like that it was like really kind of crazy and then in the middle of the room you would see a black mirror and in front of the black mirror was actually like an altar and they would have different things on there just dependent on what we were going for that day what we were trying to manifest or practice and things like that so there was always spell books all the way always lying around the house and like I remember one day I was so excited because I was like, yes, I got hold of the spell book and I really, really wanted to do the spell and it only fell on this one certain day of the year. And it just so happened that that day of the year was coming up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what are the odds? I'm totally doing the spell. I read the book cover to cover, so excited about it because it was going to show me who my future husband was going to be. I was like so happy. So I'm in the bathroom and I'm getting some of the things together because, you know, I have to, you know, put all these ingredients together in order to manifest this. And I remember my, my stepdad came in and he was like, Heather, don't do this. Don't do this. You don't know everything. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know everything. And that's when he was like, yes, he was like, this is dangerous. He was like, you're doing spells that you don't understand. And I'm like, what do you mean that I don't understand this? I read the whole entire book. You know what I mean? I've been trained underneath you. And he was like, no, he was like, especially when it comes to certain love spells. He's like, because if you do these spells and, you know, you try to change the course of your life or their life and things like that. He's like, for example, if you don't like who you see, he was like, then he was like, you are going to mess up your life forever to where it could be that you are in love with that person forever and they are not in love with you at all. Like they hate your guts. And I really didn't understand this because I was like, oh my God, that just seems complicated. And I don't know if that's true. And he was like, choose someone from your class right now. And I think I was like in high school and things like that. And I was like, all right, I chose a name. And he was like, all right, you dream about him that night. 
you have this spell and it shows you him. What are you going to do? I'm like, oh, heck no, I'm not marrying him ever. I don't even care. I like zero away. And he was like, exactly. He was like, but you don't understand what he, how he's going to grow up to be and stuff like that. And at the time I didn't understand it, but now I totally do. So this is like a kind of a disclaimer as I go forward and I tell you more of these stories, like another disclaimer. This, this, this podcast is full of disclaimers, but that is because you don't know all of it. Just because you read one book or even read two books, you don't really understand what you could be getting yourself into when you like do these spells and things like that. And I just want to say too, I did spells. I read tarot. I read um, runes. I did all that stuff, but I did not realize that I had gifts because to me, gifts of psychic and mediumship were truly a gift back then. And those were people who, you know, got the information and could read auras and see auras and do all these things. And I was under the impression that I wasn't one of them. I was one of them that could learn to use tools, but I wasn't one of them that would ever be able to learn psychic or mediumship. You know, my dad did have a few psychic friends and I was scared to death of them because I thought they were mind readers, right? But they're not mind readers. And so I just was like, you know, using tarot cards as use the books and then I would just memorize what the cards meant. And that's kind of what I was doing, you know, not even intuitive reading, just like this card means this, this card means that like, that's, that's it. Right. So anyways, moving on, like we would do spells and no, I did not do that one spell. And then what ended up happening was my dad really needed my stepdad. He needed to like earn money. And what he was doing was he would create talismans for people and he would also do spells for them. And I remember this one man came several times to the house and he was deeply in love with this woman, but this woman was I don't even know like this woman was not in love with him wouldn't give him the time of day and things like that you know little old me I'm sitting here I'm like why don't you just tell him what I took what you told me you know what I mean so but I don't know why you've been coming to the house and my stepdad kept on doing different spells and different things to help him out and nothing was working and then finally one day we were living in Hazel Park. So if you guys don't know where Hazel Park is, this is on, it's between eight and nine mile right off of Detroit. So when you hear about eight mile, you often think of like the Eminem movie. Yes, that's right there by his house, right? I could probably walk to the trailer, you know, um, the trailer park that he lived in. That, that's how close I was to it. So I'm an eight to nine mile in Hazel Park, which is not rural, right? It's, it's, it's very much like a, like a suburb of Detroit. It's very, lots of people, lots of cars, all that jazz, right? And He's like, hey, Heather, you know, this guy's coming over, blah, 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 blah. I need your help. Could you go and get a box out of the garage? And I was like, yeah, okay, I can help you out. Well, the only problem was, was when I went out to the garage, the box was moving. I... I didn't even know. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my gosh, but he really wanted this box. So I don't know what to do. So I picked up the box and there was something rattling around in this box. I had no idea what it was. Like part of me is like, oh, is he, he's giving me a puppy. Maybe he's getting me a puppy. I don't really want a puppy, but who knows? Maybe I can give it to my brother. And so anyways, I walk in and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could not wait. And I just opened up this box, right? The next thing we know, this chicken jumped out of the box and it is running around the whole house. I am like, oh my God, we live, you know, right off a of nine mile and stuff like that. I'm like, I should not be running around trying to catch a darn chicken in my house and stuff like that. So and once we got the chicken back into the box and things like that, that's when my um, my stepdad told me what he was doing with the chicken. And it was a sacrifice. Um, and 
I remember that day because he told me that he was going to have to sacrifice the chicken to the demon second of the devil, which I don't remember its name, but I feel like it's one of those things where you're not supposed to say their name. And then he had to go to a four-point crossroads and sacrifice the chicken. I don't remember what happened after that because I didn't go with him. You know, I was just, you know, in my house, you know, mind my own business doing whatever. Um, I was probably about 13 years old at the time doing whatever I was supposed to be doing. But so many funny, not, not funny things. This is like sad to me. Like I know you feel bad about the chicken. So do I, okay? So do I. And I just want to say right now too, my my stepdad doesn't do any of this stuff anymore, right? He um, actually changed religions and things like that. And he's doing good in his own life and stuff like that. So I just want to put that out there. However, like another story that I have is he carved a freaking talisman in our tree, in our yard, okay? And if you could see my facial expressions, and my hands right now I am just like why in the world is he freaking doing this because we lived on the corner freaking lot okay that means that all my friends from high school all my friends period and remember I have lots of brothers and sisters I have seven brothers and sisters so all of them are going you know to school all of their friends are seeing this now too a talisman so a talisman is supposed to be like bringing luck you know what I mean you can have different kinds of talismans for different things that you want to like manifest or you want to protect you know so and they have different designs on them depending right so my dad um carved one and he was a very good artist and he carved one into the side of the tree and I was like, thanks. Thanks a lot. Because if I wasn't known as a weirdo now, I'm definitely, you know, then now I totally am. Because another thing too was that we drove this really, really long, like beat up station wagon. And then my stepdad was like, oh, we are going to paint Thor on the hood and we're going to have lightning daggers going down the side. And I'm like, oh my God, like you just, just kill me now. Right. And then I had Shania practice after school a lot of the times. And so if you don't know what Shania's are, they're not the fencing stick. They are actually bamboo sticks and they are like bamboo sticks tied together, basically. Um, and then you basically do what seems like fencing with the bamboo sticks. Hopefully I'm not confusing you there. So we would have to practice out in our freaking yard because, you know, what dad says goes. So I have to do what he does. So now I'm on a corner lot with a small yard. It wasn't even big. And now we're like fighting with Shania's. And while we have a talisman um, on the darn tree right there. Oh, my God. Then to make matters worse one day, I wake up. And by the way, I'm not much different than I am now, okay? I'm very, I was very sensitive back then. I didn't know I was an empath back then. I didn't know any of that stuff, but I'm still the same person. And I wake up, and guess what? There is a squirrel nailed to the side of the tree. Now, I believe that the squirrel had already died, right? And then my dad... For some reason, he went ahead and nailed him to the tree above the talisman. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like horrible. I don't even know. And thank God I was like a varsity cheerleader and stuff like that. So my friends, you know, we actually had a seance for my 16th birthday. So if any of you guys are listening who is there for the seance for my 16th birthday, I am going to tell you that story right now. Are you ready for it? Here is the absolute 100% truth of what happened on my 16th birthday inside of that house. So now, as you probably have understood and realized that I was engrossed in this magic around me um, growing up, 
at, with my stepdad. And there's so many more stories. Like I could literally probably talk your ear off for like an hour. Maybe I'll do a part two next week. We'll see, right? With all the stories that I, I didn't tell you. So it came quickly known that I was um, involved in magic and I did all these things and that kind of stuff. So then for my 16th birthday, what my stepdad suggested that we do is we hold a seance. And so, I mean, I had everyone at this party, right? And if you guys kind of, you know, got my, get my vibe, I had, you know, the popular people, if you want to call them that there. And I had everyone there, you know, I never really belonged to one certain group in school. I was like a social butterfly and I just liked being free and hanging out whoever I wanted, including a lot of people from other schools too, because I bounced around a lot. So I had a lot of friends. So just to let you know, total, like, like lots of people at this party. It was a blast. And we decided to have a seance. Well, my stepdad got called away to work during the seance. So he had to leave. So the next thing you know, we're doing the seance and it's in like our dining room, but we moved like the, the table and chairs away and things like that. So when we were doing the seance, it was really weird because it was working. And all of a sudden you were here like pounding, you know, up by in the attic. It like freaked everybody out, man. Like everyone out. And then the next thing you know, like the light started like flickering and stuff like that. It was like one of the most amazing experiences ever. Everyone was freaking out. Everyone was like crying. It was like insane because the activity didn't stop there. Then what ended up happening was the chandelier started shaking and it was like crazy. And all of it was fake. <laughs> My stepdad did not leave to get called away to work. He actually um, rigged the whole house to be able to do those things. So it was him up in the attic. And then he made it to where when he went to the bathroom, if he opened up one of the doors in it, there was like these wires and stuff like that. And he rigged the chandelier. So if you were messing with that wire, whatever, it would shake the chandelier a little bit and stuff like that. So it was really funny because for the longest time, probably into even until this day, a lot of those kids that were there believe it was real. And only one guy at the party, um, he brought me into the bathroom and he was like, Heather, look at what I found. And he found the little door in our bathroom. And he was like, but I think this is a really cool idea and I like what you did. And he was like, I'm not going to tell anyone. And so I literally had people probably in the last five years ask me about that party and ask it and, and say, Heather is this really real? And I had, I don't know what I remember telling them. I think I ended up telling them the truth and stuff like that. But I think that it's really cool that some of these people decades later are still looking back on this party and are like, oh my God, was it real? <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so, so, so funny. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed a little bit of these stories. I will have more for you because there's a lot more, but I hope this helps open you up a little bit to your own spirituality, your own gifts and things like that, because there is one thing that's really the key here to how I do quote magic now, as opposed to what I did before. And that is, is that I work protecting myself now to where I only bring in energy and I only connect to energy of 100% love and light, right? I'm not working with any kind of like demons, maybe like my dad did. I'm not just leaving it up to guests and things like that. 
there's bad and good out there in the world, you know, in the physical sense and also in the spiritual sense. And so that's how you know. And when you set the intention that you are going to connect to something good, that is where the magic happens because you are a divine being on this realm. And basically because we are human, because we are specks of the divine, that we get to say what's allowed into our space. And as soon as we say something, it is done. It is happening. Okay, so we have that kind of power. We have all the power in the world right now in this realm that we're living in. So when we say, hey, you know what, I'm only connecting to things of 100% love and light, or I am only connecting to things of the highest truth and compassion, you're setting that intention and you are saying, hey, this is what my expectations are. And because of who you are, and I'm not talking about your social status as a human being, I'm talking because of the light within, you 100% get it no matter what, period. All right. Obviously, the more intention you put behind it, the better it will be. The more half-assed that you make it, then, you know, just expect the boundaries that you have not to hold up so well. Hope I didn't lose any of you there. I hope that it makes sense. It's really cool now looking back on it because I've seen the dark side of magic. And now I also can see the light side of it. And there's, like I said, there's so many more stories I want to tell you. But I hope that you love this. I hope that it just makes your weekend a little bit better. And maybe you can look, look around at things a little bit differently. And, you know, I don't know. Remember some of your old stories growing up. Maybe you had some fun things that happened to you. All right. Well, I will see you on Sunday for coffee and cards so I can give you a reading maybe. All right. See you then. Bye.